In this Jimmy Fiction installment, Jimmy has come home from visiting his father and his stepmother out in Bayou Country, stopped back to the house on Bayou St. John long enough to drop off those window blinds he'd picked up and change his clothes, headed back out. Now he's at a bar in the French Quarter. He's wearing a black collared shirt, trouser pants, suit coat, and although he's an avid and creative amateur mixologist at home, he's drinking a whiskey neat. He's not even trying to be a social butterfly. He's kind of reserved a bit, people watching but without his whole heart in it, absent any real agenda, like picking up girls or anything. He's lost in thought. I don't know. I guess what I've always been chasing is just some kind of togetherness. I think I just got some kind of, I don't know, fundamental inability to stick the landing. Even with my own family. And it's always been like that. No matter what family it is. And I guess that's my fault. I mean, I know it's my fault. My family always wanted the best for their son. They just didn't know what to do with me. And man, I thought that was something. I really went from the kiddie pool to the deep end. With the Keens. But they don't lack love. They aren't without money either. Is love enough? He looks around at the other people in the bar. It's one of the larger establishments, so there's plenty of people, even though it's pretty early in the night. I wonder what they want. His eyes fall upon a young blonde woman who has a long ponytail. She's with another young lady who's a brunette, long straight hair in a center part, and a third who's kind of auburn with that short flicky style of hair that was popular in the late 90s. I bet they're out there looking for an MRS degree. He looks at the blonde. She probably wants a doctor. He looks at the brunette. She probably wants a lawyer. Then he sees the redhead. And she probably doesn't care just so long as he's rich. He looks away from them so they don't catch him looking. He thinks about Joe giving him the murder eyes. Then he thinks about Big Jim Keen throwing him a football. And what about me? I guess I was just after love. Fucking love. Just like everybody else. Or just some kind of human connection. Shit. Whatever it is, I guess I thought that's the feeling I was going to get 
the first time I drove a BMW with the ignition in the floorboard. You know? And then I didn't. And so I thought it would be the feeling that I get when I drove a Porsche or a Lambo or I made my first million dollars and... I don't know. I don't know what to do. I guess I just gotta figure it out, I guess, and keep doing me. Whomever that is. Gotta keep doing Jimmy Keen. Gotta keep doing me. Gotta keep doing me. He tosses some of his drink back, and when he looks up again, he sees the trio of young ladies he'd been looking at. And now the brunette is looking right at him. And, as a matter of fact, she's looking him up and down. She looks him all the way down, and then all the way back up, and their eyes meet. She gives him a flirtatious little smile, and he immediately has to disengage. He lets a gaggle of other people come between them and the crowd, throws the remainder of his drink back, puts the empty on the bar, and as casually but promptly as he can manage, vanishes into the crowd, heads for the door. Even that early... The French Quarter is lit. <laughs> Reveling. Somebody's already puking. Yelling. Fighting. Jimmy ignores all of it, goes to his car. One drink isn't too drunk to drive in New Orleans in 1999. I'm so fucking tired. I'm just going to go home and go to bed. But when he arrives home, unlocks the back door that leads into the kitchen, comes in, there's a tall, dark-haired man who has his back to him in Jimmy's kitchen. For a minute, he's confused, mildly on edge. But then he immediately puts it together. Naturally, this is Cole Bowden. He's prepared and is pouring himself some tea. Jimmy immediately feels warm and mushy inside. The day or two prior, when he'd asked Cole to bend him over something and fuck him, he'd come upstairs to his bedroom, open the door, to find his buddy sitting fully dressed on the edge of the bed, working on the end of his drink. And when he'd come in, Cole had put his empty on Jimmy's bedside table, stood up, and gracefully, sensuously, slid the suit coat off himself, tossed it so it landed just perfectly over the back of Jimmy's desk chair. Wow, did you practice that? No. 
Just luck of the draw. You gonna give me a show? I could. You want me to give you one? I wouldn't hate it, but you certainly don't have to. Cole had reached a hand out, put it in Jimmy's hair. Just come here. They're doing some making out, fumbling with each other's clothing. I guess I like being bossed around by a bigger man. Am I a bigger man? In some respects, yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Because... I think... Longer, maybe? Taller, not bigger. <laughs> you know, for once I was just talking about your character. <laughs> well, contextually, I mean. <laughs> and Cole had spun Jimmy around a little bit. Jimmy had put his hands against the bed, thinking he was about to have his request granted kind of unceremoniously right away. But instead, Cole had just put his arms around him from behind and snuggled him a little bit. Nuzzled his neck. And Jimmy had to brace himself off the mattress anyway because... He had tears spring to his eyes. So now in the kitchen, he puts his keys down on the counter. Hey. Cole's stirring his teacup. Oh, hey. Jimmy comes up behind him, puts his arms around Cole, snuggles him a bit. Their height difference is just such that Jimmy can rest his chin right on Cole's shoulder, rub the side of his head against the side of Cole's, give him a little shoulder massage at the same time with his chin. Oh, that feels nice. He thinks back to another time with the Billionaire Boys Club bras, who were saying something like, Carney's a little light in the loafers. And Jimmy can picture his own indignant face. What the fuck? Well, you are, aren't you? I wouldn't say that. And I think I know better than you do. Yeah, whatever you say. One of the bras had put his fist up next to his cheek and pushed his tongue into the opposite cheek. Classic crude blowjob gesture. Jimmy had just put his hands on his hips. So, you're all ready to entertain the idea of committing murder, but the thought of guys sucking each other's dicks is too much? Ha ha ha! 
What do you know about sucking dicks? About as much as you know about murder. Joe is just sitting there reading the newspaper. But he contributes something very typical for him. I think I would probably get more out of someone committing murder for me than I would out of someone sucking my dick. Wow! So who's going to tell Sid that you said that? Not me. She doesn't need to know. But if one of you guys want to, Joe shrugs, I'm not stopping you. You know she'd just laugh it off. Fortunately, Jimmy is no longer hanging out with Joe. He rubs his face some more against Cole. You want me to get the other shoulder? Sure. No argument here. I was in the car a couple hours today. My neck felt a little sore, so I thought maybe yours might be too. Hmm. Did you have a nice drive? Yeah, it was alright. Um, a lot better with that mixtape you made me. He gently pokes coal in the side and the ribs. Oh, you like that? Loved it. There was one on there I never heard before. The very last one. I like that one. Oh, you never heard Radiohead? I don't know, maybe. I don't remember. Oh. Be prepared to have your entire life changed. <laughs> really? Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. Uh, yeah, I saw Big Jim and Darla, and everything's pretty s steady, I guess. Nothing catastrophic happened since the last time, and uh, um, I picked up those window blinds. Yeah, I saw them. Good. Yeah, thanks. How was your day? He's still just holding on. Must be in the big spoon standing up. Oh, it was... Enlightening. Educational. As usual. <laughs> he picks up his teacup with one hand and laces the fingers of the other through the fingers of Jimmy's hand. They've laced hands over approximately Cole's diaphragm, like the middle of his body. He wears rings on at least three fingers of each hand. Jimmy starts playing with one of them that's three black stones stacked vertically. I like that one. Didn't you have that one in sterling silver, too? This one's set in brass. Cole looks at it. Oh, yeah, actually, I do. I have a few of these in both metals. I liked it so much that I went back and got one to wear with every outfit, match it with my other jewelry of the day. <laughs> hey, that's good. You know what you like. Now, you've seen my wardrobe. 
I find something I like and I buy it in a couple colors. Yes, it's a very great Gatsby. <laughs> Jimmy is so seized with this goodwill, camaraderie, love, and human connection that he releases Cole's hand, steps back for a minute. He's speaking of jewelry. I'm, I'm going to give you something. He takes off a little chain necklace that he usually wears. Pulls it out from inside the collar of his shirt. Yeah, this matches, right? Oh, you want to give me that? Well, you don't like it? Oh, I do, and I certainly appreciate the gesture, but isn't that a little bit too much bling? For me, anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay, Mr. Ring on every finger. Hmm. Jimmy's putting it on him. I could probably get used to it. But what are you going to wear? I almost can't imagine you without it. Nah, that's all right. I got a couple of them. Oh, <laughs> yes, of course. In um, varying thickness and... <laughs> you know, to go with my mood. <laughs> and in case one of them broke or something, but... Nah, I want you to have that. I'll be fine. Thank you, Jimmy. I will wear it with pride. And think of you. Jimmy realizes that feeling in that moment, in that situation, gives him more satisfaction than having somebody suck his dick. <laughs>